Hi everyone, and welcome to another comics-loving edition of Words, Images, and Worlds. Delighted on this episode to be talking with comics creator Daniel Calbum. Did I get your last name correct? Calvin. I did. So you're, you're basically right. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, Daniel Calbum. Um, thank you for jumping on, joining me, and I'll mention a couple of titles here that I know you best for. One of those being American Dreams as well as working on a character that just lives inside of my mind, Spider Squirrel, doing some work there. Uh, and then you also have Rook and Knight, which is out in the world of Kickstarter and uh, other such things. So I'm um, glad to be talking with you about these titles and any others that you'd like to mention that are on the horizon or upcoming. Well, I did Night Raft last year, the first issue of Night Raft, which so far has been my biggest Kickstarter success. Um and the original trade for American Dreams was the second biggest Kickstarter I did. And, but those are the three, American Dreams, Night Raff, and Rook and I are my three main solo-written books. Nice. And I, as you mentioned, I do a little, because I'm writing for Charlie McElvey over in his Zion Studios, Spider Squirrel, you know, next to his, that, his universe. Mm-hmm. And I do have something coming out next year, a one-shot I wrote. So, But that's all I can really say, because he's announced it, kind of. I don't, I don't know the actual Kickstarter date yet, but I'll have some stuff out there nice next year nice very cool very cool the the work continues it sounds like yeah yeah um so uh, curious about what it was about comics that made you go this is the place for me this is where i want to create so i always had this like fascination with comics i think it's because i grew up with batman animated series superman animated series super friends and all those hamper bear super shows in like syndication on cartoon network mm-hmm. but like getting actual comics at the time like i found like a old like brave veronica on a bench at one point when i was a very little kid and my dad had a collection of like you know book of like old school comics and he actually gave me his silver age comics from when he was a kid to me when i was like eight or nine and of course they were not in good condition when i got them and they're in terrible condition now so i got always key books i'm like i didn't think of that i'm like oh superheroes Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But my mom was like, "No, you're not going to read comics. You're going to read, you know, books, books." And then every so often, I get a you know, graphic novel. But I wouldn't read was a regular comics reader until 2010 because there was a blizzard. I was home from college and there was a blizzard. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I started thinking to myself, "I'm bored." I discovered Comicsology. May I rest in peace. Yes. Um, yeah. And uh, that was really the, the re- big restart. Cause I started thinking, you know what? I want to write a Superman film script, and I did. And I looked back to that since and like, this is terrible. <laughs> um, ironically, I named it Superman the Man of Steel. And of course, you know, two or three le- a few years later, they have Man of Steel come out. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> um, I wrote a Batman fan film script and I wrote a bunch of other fan scripts and then just snowballed into me writing my own fan comics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wrote fan comic scripts and then I started writing, I was like, damn, you need to start writing your own material if you actually want to write in comics. So I started writing my own material. And then when I came to American Greens, it was like one day I was like listening to the score to Ragtime, the Joe Ragtime, the musical. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's also a book. Read the book, listen to the score, both are great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was thinking to myself, like, what if there was a superhero in that time period? Maybe not 1906, specifically like 1900, like a little earlier, like that cuts between the 19th and 20th centuries. And then I, and then I was still like, boom, open. <laughs> and I started writing something that was then called Modern Colossus, or Modern Colossi. And I pitched it to a Publisher, which because a friend and I was working on a different project, and we pitched our book to that publisher, which I don't even think it exists anymore. And he said to me, "I was like, do you guys have anything else?" I pitched this 
book I was working on. Mm-hmm. It's like, I like it. I don't like the title. So I started like thinking, I think, like, what do I name this? It's like, and I just like, started like, spread American Dreams. It's like, that's it. Go do it. Nice. Nice. And then that publisher kind of fell apart, went to Short Fuse. Short Fuse, unfortunately. I was about to launch the issue four Kickstarter for American Dreams, and Short Fuse collapsed, mm. for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. So I said, oh, okay, I'll, I'll self publish four and five. Yeah, just get it done because at the time I was working on Night Raft with Gabe Escobo Santos, who did who people now won't know for doing uh, that book with uh, with the Snipes, The Exiled. So, uh, so uh, it sucked. So we started creating. So basically, for has to create something called Atlas Studios. So, and the first, and so Night Raft was the first official Atlas. So American Dream because we were on Night Raft at the time, mm-hmm. and so we published American Dream four and five under Atlas Studios, and then we did Night Raft the first. Original, original version of the collected edition of American Dreams and Working Night under Alice Studios. And last year I was at a um, convention in, in here in, well, not here, I was up in Connecticut, like, you know, two states above me, mm-hmm. here in New York. And I left, my friend is helping me, my friend like flew out from the UK to help me do this con, get this time to his vacation. And I had two other friends, uh, Kat Calamy and Phil Bogbo, to my right. Mm-hmm. Friend helping me, other friends are table to right next to me. I got an email from Band of Barts. Like, hey, I know hey, we know you're you're doing the, the trade right now for American Dreams. Do you want us to pick it up? I'm like, I like I was like, I was like sitting there like stunned. I think it was my face was kind of like I don't pale or anything. <laughs> because my friend is recently like, uh Dan, what's wrong? I'm like I'm like, cat, come over here. <laughs> And like so, I basically texted back like, "Yes, but after this convention, we'll talk." <laughs> nice, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so they picked up American Dreams and got into stores, and we got more American Dreams coming down the pike. I just wrapped up the black and white art for issue eight, mm-hmm. which is our first half of arc two, which is again another five issue arc. Um, hopefully, we'll have more details to announce soon. We're putting together a new version of the trade because we have because we're waiting on the, we're waiting on the new version of the trade to get ready, so we can ship it out to some. Good night, backers, because I'm behind on that because a bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll admit it. <laughs> and uh, really, we, got the, we printed the Broken Night books right away, but everything else is like taking forever. Uh, which happens, unfortunately, with you know printing and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's done. And then I got, you know, more night on the horizon. We had Gabe had to step back as artist, it was, he's still co creator, so we had to find another artist, and then we had to find another artist because the first artist. Got too busy. Um, we're trying to get more work at night done when the art, the RT, the Baggs Brothers have more time. Mm-hmm. I'm working on a couple other more projects, some connected to my Liberty Verse, some not connected to my Liberty Verse. Like I was everyone doing a Sherlock Holmes versus the Phantom of the Opera mini with uh, Jeremiah Shake. And I like, like, people are like, oh, it's going to just put Sherlock Holmes into the original novel. I'm like, no, because everyone does that. Right, right. It's gonna be more of a sequel to the original novel with Sherlock Holmes in it. <laughs> nice, nice. It, you mentioned the the Liberty Verse. So for people out there that are curious about that, um, what would you share to sort of intro that? Liberty Verse is my kind of small shared superhero universe. It's mm-hmm. basically named after the primary hero of it, Liberty, Jake Gold, um, our Jewish Superman type character. And um 
And it was really funny because I was talking, because it was again with that out of the studio thing, I was starting to think, I was writing, you know, the original outlines for the first arc of Night Raph. I'm like, hey, Gabe, why don't we just connect this to American Dream somehow? Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you how, not how you why. Uh, he said yes, but because um, of how things worked out, you really see that Steve really show first in Night, Rook at Night, issue one. Mm-hmm. It, we dropped hints of this being a shared universe in Night Raph, but we really made it more overt in Rook at Night. And uh, things are going to, like, I'm doing this in kind of phases. So basically, American Dreams Volumes 1 and 2, Night Raph Volume 1, and Rook and Night Volume 1, and then the first real crossover. It's kind of like my phase one. Nice. And, nice. And I'm working on a, I'm working on a crossover right now. I have the first issue written of that. So slowly but carefully, you know, everything's going to get together and out the door. Cool. Very cool. You mentioned a couple of collaborators there as well. So I'm curious about the collaborations that have been uh, most meaningful so far in putting together this universe. I think they're all meaningful in their own special ways because um, I was introduced to the um, to the original American Dreams pitch of that first publisher. I did have to have an art team. Mm-hmm. And someone in that publisher said, hey, I recommend this person, this person, this person. And they got me Dodi Eka and Tevye Andre and Moria Saadewa for pencils, inks, and colors, respectively. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dodi does his pencils like old school actual pencil on paper. Love it. I just thought it was really cool. And then another person says, Hey, why don't we get uh, Nathan Diaz to do a cover? This is before Nathan blew up to the Marvel master he is right now. Mm-hmm. Actually, actually, actually owned his issue one cover physically here. Um, and that's also created another great friendship. And then and the game was like, and my, of course, my other Matt Bowers was. Was recommended to me. He's been a great guy too. And Tommy Shelton is usually my cover colorist. He's been a great friend too. And then Gabe Santos Escobar was looking for another, I guess, I guess, project to do. I said, "Hey, why don't we just spitball something together?" Mm-hmm. And he started like doing like let's do like a big like '90s brawler character, and like he did it, that concept in one pass. It was like perfect. Nice, um, nice. Yeah, they're gonna, in some cases, this happened to me too. The, like the artist on a couple of projects, Marcelo Muller, originally came to me to ask, hey, do you have anything for me? Like, let me think of something for you. And the same thing happened with the Banks brothers. And it's like, yeah, let, let's just pull something together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I've worked some great, you know, other creators like Travis Gibb. I did a short for him in um, in uh, Cthulhu Image Wonderland. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I and I worked with his letterer, Jerome. Uh, he, Jerome did the lettering for Rogue and Night, and I'm also doing a short for Jerome's book, which is coming nice. out on Kickstarter soon with Holiday Spirits Volume 3. And I've worked with so many people. There's Charlie <laughs> McKelvey, who does the Spider Squirrel stuff, because we were, were at Powerverse together. And he asked me, hey, and the, like several years ago, I still had my old job at the Union, because I used to work at a Union as kind of mm-hmm. like a decorable trade. And I work for a law firm as a jack of all trades. And they're like, and he was like, hey, can you do this character for me? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And I wrote one issue. We got an artist. And then we're waiting for things to get done. The artist went and blew up and went to Marvel, W. Tinto. He's still a mm-hmm. great guy. Mm-hmm. He's got another artist. And so it was real three shot baby cubes. And that was just this ultra sized one shot, which will be out next year. Nice. Nice. And this is going to be a really fun book. It's basically me writing a Booster Gold esque character. So it's me writing more comedy than more just straight up heroics. Mm-hmm. Also, writing someone who is a real 
<laughs> always fun to write. It's like you're writing a jerk. Jerks are fun to write. Oh sure, yeah, absolutely. Like, like, like what do we mean like writing Jake Gold, Clash Liberty in the American Dreams because he's rough around the edges, good guy at heart, but he's still rough around the edges. So he's still still gonna be a little cool. So he's a little bit of a jerk. Mm-hmm. Well, meaning jerk, but a jerk. <laughs> right. So, He's, he's really more jerkish in the original first draft of American Dreams issue one. And then someone said, no, you're making him somewhat unlikable. Find another angle. And then issue two, I changed, I changed it around. And issue two was the great um, uh, sweatshop fire sequence. Mm-hmm. So, yes, this guy is truly heroic. And then, um, but then at the same time, Alistair Crowley's our big series baddie. And He's just so fun to write because he just do the world's worst, horrible things with him. Like Joker. It's like writing Joker. Mm-hmm. It's like you're you're writing your worst freaking impulses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's last doing so because he's so fucking funny doing it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Cathartic, I imagine. Very cathartic. Yeah, it's cathartic. It's very cathartic. <laughs> I mean, there's going to be some scenes in arc two where Crowley definitely goes unhinged, like bloody unhinged. Because mm-hmm. that's him, he's an evil mage. But you know, it's not, it's him doing it because he's you know, he, 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 I'm evil. Mm-hmm. And he really just has this motivation of I want the power, mm-hmm. I want to control the power, I want to be like the guy who everyone goes to because I'm working for the dark gods. It's what it is. Right. Yeah, because yeah. there was like, oh, all these villains need these deep reasons that are sympathetic like no not all villains need that some villains are just truly evil yeah this is true this is true it's like are there some villains where you're sympathetic yes but you don't need them all for all the villains because then it's like that's where the line starts to blur a little bit mm-hmm. I, I don't mind that line blurring a little bit you know now and then but sometimes you just see a straight up great villain that's just like love he knows he's evil or she's evil and just loves it mm-hmm. true true very much in the the pulp and superhero tradition. Right. In the same token, Nightraff is interesting because it's very difficult to hide. Like, Nightraff is very bold, brash, rude, uh, I'll say. Uh, he, and he's, you know, very much, you know, and he's waves of testosterone. And Dr. Eagle's, you know, is like, also this big guy. He's like, he's very weak. He's very quiet. He's very much like no self-confidence whatsoever when he's not Nightraff. Mm-hmm. It's just a little dichotomy. The guy gets to get it, you know, guy who's rough around the edges who at the end of the day still wants to do the good thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then you and then work at night, you have the father-son dynamic. And the father is definitely going a little too far, and the son's trying to rein him back a, a bit. And again, so that's the whole thing. It's like so that's also getting like fathers and sons, and also where is that line sometimes where it gets crossed and where how do you come back? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned um, writing sort of Superman fan scripts and, and writing superheroes. What is it about superheroes that you feel like draws you to that particular type of storytelling? Other than the fact they're just plain fun. Um, yeah, plain fun is good. It's, it's, it's modern <laughs> myth making. It's yeah. our modern version of our myths. Like the Greeks and Romans had, you know, Hercules and the Greek gods, and the Egyptians had Osiris and Horus and Set and Isis. The Norse, of course, have Thor, and very much, and superhero comics are very much an American mythology, specifically a Jewish American mythology. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. our Jewish Americans' contribution to the culture of America, along with you know, movies and TV and everything, but it's very much our literary contribution mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. American culture. Love it. 
love it. And you know, as I make the quip of make comics Jewish again, because it feels like we have all these great Jewish creators from the past, not so much now. Like the Jewish roots of comics seems to be ignored more and more. The more and as a Jew, I'm like, come on, we created this industry. Let's have a little bit more representation, at least on the table. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you you're involved with Juicy, is that right? Yeah, I was in the inaugural Juice convention, mm-hmm. which was great. It was a nice, you know, one and a half, well, one and a few hours later the preview night. What a great one day convention, and it was very much a celebration of both Jews. Comics and Jews in comics. Yeah, yeah. That was a really, it was really just a fun show to do. Yeah, and I, I imagine hopefully that's going to be a recurring thing now. They are planning on a uh, Lisa sequel. Good, good, as, good. As they put it in a, a recent email that I got. Nice. Um, so I have one more official question, and then we can hit anything that we might have missed, and that is, of course, the the places where people can connect to see what's on the horizon with your work, um, social media spaces, websites, uh, things like that. You can find me on Facebook at, at Daniel Calvin and Twitter at, at Daniel Calvin, Instagram at D Calvin. I'm usually D Calvin on, you know, threads and blue sky as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a sub stack, uh, Mad Mind of Calvin. Um, there's also, uh, I have a link tree. You can find it on my Twitter or my Facebook. It's the pinned post because you can get my, Socials and everything from that one link tree link on Great. my Twitter and my Facebook, and you can also get American Dreams Comics at Band of Arts, who are the publisher of American Dreams. And we actually have a special going on right now. I can get every issue, every cover for like forty bucks. All right, all right. I'll make sure to get this out quickly so that people can jump on and check it out. Yeah, I think they're also having some deals for the holiday season too, so keep an eye out for those. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, fantastic. Anything that we've missed, Daniel, that you want to make sure to share? Oh, well, hmm. I'm trying to think here. <laughs> um, hmm. We've covered mostly everything. I mean, keep an eye out on my various socials for upcoming books, such as the aforementioned um, Phantom and Drug Home Story. I'm, I'm planning mm-hmm. to preview that this summer for some cons. Looking forward to that. Preview edition. Um, the, and also the next for the next chapters of American Dreams, we'll have announcements of that. And also, I, you know, whatever else I'm cooking up, keep an eye on social media. Uh, other than that, um, happy holidays, happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, happy Kwanzaa, happy. There's so many holidays this time of year. Happy Yule, Happy New Year. Yeah, yeah. Wishing Yule. everybody a, a good holiday, a time of yeah. refreshing. Yeah. And other than that, um, read comics. Theaters, especially since you know we're having a site, you know everyone's having a market contraction. Everything, not just comics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everything's having a market contraction because inflation's just ridiculous. Even though they brought it down, it's still far more ridiculous. Um, but yeah, it's like read comics, spread the joy of comics. Absolutely, that's that's a one of the major threads of the show. So I'm glad to send that message, and I appreciate your time. I appreciate the work, and looking forward to more of it to come. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for saying yes. Uh-huh.